everyone, and welcome to another episode of John. My name is Jonathan Chan. So glad that you can join me today as we continue our journey through the Gospel of John with chapter 18. That's right, chapter 18. We only have three more chapters to go till we finish the Gospel of John. So hopefully you've enjoyed listening or watching these sermons as Dan and I prepare them and uh, because we had fun preparing them and so hopefully you had some fun listening and watching them and found some tidbits of information that was helpful for you. Now customarily before we begin let's start off with a video clip and we'll be right back. Consider yourself in contempt. Colonel Jessup did you order the code red? You don't have to answer that question. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Well, welcome back. What is truth? Because Jack Nicholson said, You can't handle the truth! I love that. Uh, by the way, that was uh, taken from a movie entitled A Few Good Men, and I'm sure some of you who are in my age group have seen it, because Jack Nicholson is no longer that young. Um, what is it? Just recently, he just turned 84. So what is truth? During these past couple of years of COVID, we've been bombarded with incoming evidence from medical and science communities, right? They keep on saying that, oh, this is it, and this is this, and this is that, and then all these variances, right? Like BA1, BA2, B3, B5, and you got the Omicron, then you had the Delta, then you had the Omicron, Omega 2, whatever, what, like there was so much evidence and so much information coming from the medical field, just flooding our minds with it. Then, of course, there were statistics, tons of statistics from health authorities. I still remember um, our BC government, our health authority there, she kept on reporting almost on a daily basis. And now it's only a once a week, thank goodness. And then there were, of course, anecdotal evidence from social media, news media, whatever. Lots of observations, lots of stats that they came up with. Who knows, right? Uh, tons of anecdotal evidence. Recently, uh, because of the ongoing pandemic and constant recording and testing, we now have evidence that can be labeled as facts, right? such as it is a fact that COVID vaccines do help reduce your chance of having severe illness when you catch COVID. It is a fact that wearing good masks and having good social distancing can prevent catching COVID, etc., etc. right? Because, you know, after a while, you know, logically and scientifically, if something is repeated often, you can now establish some fact. However, we also come to realize during these past years that facts do not necessarily mean they're true for everyone. With ongoing anti-COVID mandate and anti-vaccine protests through our country, throughout our country, case in point like the truckers protests and recently the, whatever they call themselves, the Thunder Riders, what may be true to you and I may not be true for someone else. Let's simplify. I live in Vancouver. Right now, it's May the 3rd, and currently the temperature is still hovering, averaging 10 degrees. I am very cold whenever I go outside. It's not short in t-shirt weather. It's very cold outside. So, fact, it's 10 degrees outside. But what's true for me 
is that I, it's really cold and I need to put on a jacket, long pants, and just cuddle up. Now, that's true for me. But for someone in, who came from Winnipeg who visits Vancouver, Winnipeg, knowing that their cold can get right down to minus 30, this type of weather is actually shorts and t-shirt weather for them. To them, it's not true that it's cold outside. It's actually quite warm and it's time to party, barbecue, and wear t-shirts and shorts. Yeah, you, you get what I mean? So what's true for them may not be true for me and what's true for me may not be true for them. Here's my question that I'll be elaborating, elaborating and hopefully provide an answer for you today. For the past 17 chapters of John, Jesus laid out all the facts to his disciples, to the Jews, and of course to the crowds. Yet Pilate asked a really good question, even though you know, his intent was merely to mock Jesus. Uh, really, he, did a, he asked an important and yet profound question to Jesus. He said this, he, he, he said this, what is truth? What is truth? And just to whet your appetite, here's an appetizer. It's really up to you. Say what? You said? You ask? Isn't Jesus the truth? Is, and so then I have to ask you the question back. Well, if Jesus is the truth, is he true for you? Or is he just merely a historical fact? How do you know? Let's begin. John chapter 18 verse 1. When Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples across the brook Kidron, where there was a garden which he and his disciples entered. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, for Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas, having procured a band of soldiers and some officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees, went there with lanterns and torches and weapons. It kind of reminds me of the movie Shrek, where there's this angry mob with pitchforks and torches heading to Shrek's house. It's like, ah... So, same thing, right? Judas grabs a band of soldiers. Okay, wait a minute. Previously, what did Jesus do not too long ago in the chapters before? He made himself to be a lowly servant and did what? He washed his disciples' feet. Just before that, he rode on a young, small donkey. And just before that, he healed people. And just before that, he fed people like the 5,000. And just be before that, he loved people. Jesus, throughout his ministry, did not have a single trace of violent intentions. However, Judas gathered a band of soldiers and officers provided by the chief priests and the Pharisees to take Jesus. See, with all the facts that Jesus provided throughout the past 17 chapters, by identifying himself as the lowly servant and here to love people, how did Judas, the chief priests, and the Pharisees interpret those facts? Well, for some odd reason, they're convinced that Jesus is powerful enough to wipe them out due to his miracles and signs. But Jesus was here to wipe them out? That didn't make sense, yet that's what they thought Jesus was here to do, to wipe them out. Their truth is that Jesus is so powerful that he is able to wipe them out, and therefore, they need to take him and kill him by force. Truth, therefore, 
is the result of how we interpret and respond to the facts that are shown before us. Let me say that again. Truth, therefore, is the result of how we interpret and respond to the facts that are given to us. Let's move on. Verse 4. Then Jesus, knowing all that would happen to him, came forward and said to them, Whom do you seek? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with him. When Jesus said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Because the soldiers and officers knew of Jesus' reputation, and some of them may have been and some of them may have seen Jesus' miracles, such as raising Lazarus from the dead, feeding the five thousand, walking on water, etc., etc., they knew how powerful this Jesus was. And so, once they came face to face with Captain America, that's what they believed in Jesus, what, who Jesus was, they drew back and fell to the ground. Now, some commentators say that they fell prostrate in reverence and reverent fear. Some other commentators say they might have even saw more of who Jesus was by seeing a flash of light and glow, just like how Paul saw Jesus when he fell off his horse. Well, who knows, right? Everybody's speculating. What we do know is that these soldiers and officers heard about Jesus and may have witnessed Jesus' miracles, i.e. they have seen and heard of the facts of Jesus. They interpret those facts and therefore they, in, they saw Jesus as Captain America with immense power. That's how they interpreted those facts that Jesus gave them. Jesus to them is Captain America with immense power. So, once face-to-face with Captain America, they acted on the facts they interpreted. They fell to the ground and almost, like, they basically backed away and fell to the ground. Truth, again, therefore, makes you do something in light of your interpretation of those facts. So, truth, therefore, is how you interpret and how you respond to the facts. Verse 7. So he asked them again, Whom do you seek? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. So if you seek me, let these men go. This was to fulfill the word that he had spoken earlier. Of those whom you gave me, I have lost not one. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. So Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword into your sheath. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? What's true for Peter? He still believes that he's with Captain America to fight against the bad people, including the Jewish leader, Jewish leaders. Jesus said to him, Oh, sorry, Jesus to him is his superhero who will lead the charge against the corrupt Jews and bad Romans. Peter, therefore, is an avenger. Again, what is truth? Truth is the result of how you interpret the facts, and truth is true when it makes you act and respond to it. For Peter, his response is chopping off a guy's ear. Like, what did the servant do, right? He's just there to do a job. He wasn't even a soldier or officer. Either the servant was a threat, or Peter thought to himself that his odds of winning is to take on the little guy. It's almost like Peter calling first dibs on the little guy. 
Anyway, let's move on. Verse 12. So the band of soldiers and their captain and the officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound him. First, they led him to Annas, for he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was high priest that year. It was Caiaphas who had advised the Jews that it would be expedient that one man should die for the people. Hmm. Let's go back to what Caiaphas said that John was referring to. It's back in chapter 11. So the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered the council and said, What are we to do? For this man, Jesus, performs many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him, and the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. Oh no. But one of them, Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all, nor do you understand that it is better for you that one man should die for the people, not that the whole nation should perish. He did not say this of his own accord, but being a high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation, and not for the nation only, but also to gather into one of the children of God who are scattered abroad. So from that day on, they made plans to put him to death. All right. What was truth for Caiaphas? Jesus was just another insurrectionist, but unlike the others, Jesus is getting a lot more attention from the Romans, and Caiaphas believed that Jesus will make the Romans very angry and the Romans will come in and destroy Jerusalem. Which, by the way, did happen in AD 70 because of the rejection of Jesus. Jesus laid out the facts for everyone that he's here to die and save the world. Caiaphas interpreted that as Jesus being a dangerous rebel and insurrectionist who will anger the Romans. So for him, it is better for Jesus to die for the sake of the nation, so that the nation will not be rummaged by the Romans. He didn't have the right interpretation of what Jesus was saying. Basically, Caiaphas thought that Jesus was just a massive, popular insurrectionist that has to be taken away. Again, truth is how one interprets and responds to the facts. Let's move on. Verse 15, Simon Peter followed Jesus and so did another disciple. Since that disciple was known to the high priest, he entered with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter stood outside at the door. So the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out and spoke to the servant girl who kept watch at the door and brought Peter in. The servant girl at the door said to Peter, You also are not one of, are not one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Now the servants and officers had made a charcoal fire because it was cold, and they were standing and warming themselves. Peter also was with them, standing and warming himself. Now, Simon Peter was standing and warming himself, so they said to him, You also are not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter again denied it, and at once a rooster crowed. It is interesting about Peter. Remember, he, he was an avenger, and he was with Captain America, and one of his buddies, one of the disciples, which were, who were known by the high priest, he, he let him in. They knew who Peter was, yet Peter denied it. It's almost like, okay, obviously you are with him, but you're denying it? Come on, you don't think we're that stupid, are you? But Peter did. Peter denied. So maybe Peter didn't see Jesus as Captain America after all. Or maybe... He changed his mind when Jesus willingly submitted to the captors. Because Peter's truth is now in shambles, and he is completely confused. 
so confused that he's now disassociating himself with Jesus to a point of just foolishness, actually. What was true for Peter before appears to be no longer true here. He initially believed that Jesus was his Captain America and he was Jesus' fellow Avenger. He was ready to go to battle with Jesus. Now, he's not so certain because Captain America is now kind of a loser. Jesus literally gave himself over. He cannot follow a loser, can he? So here's a question about truth. If truth is about interpreting facts and how we respond to our interpretation, with Peter's situation, does this mean that truth can change? I.e. that absolute truth, constant truth does not quite exist due to the nature of how truth comes about? Let's move on. Verse 19. The high priest then questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. Jesus answered him, I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in synagogues and in the temple where all Jews come together. I have said nothing in secret. In other words, I've showed you the facts. Why do you ask me? Ask those who have heard me what I said to them. They know what I said. When he said these things, one of the officers standing by struck Jesus with his hand, saying, Is that how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered him, If what I said is wrong, bear witness about the wrong. But if what I said is right, why do you strike me? Annas then sent him bound to Caiaphas the high priest. Again, Jesus tells his violent, angry, and hyper-triggered audience what's happening in their psyche. Basically, Jesus defined what truth is. First, he said he laid out all the facts for them already, but they're interpreting it incorrectly and responding to the facts incorrectly. Yet because they think they have the truth, yet they think they're responding it correctly, they struck Jesus. Sort of like a violent anti-masker creating a scene at a Canadian tire, right? They think they're right. They're really convicted that they're right and interpreting the facts right, that they're willing to strike a poor part-time worker at the counter, check counter. Let's move on. Then they led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas to the governor's headquarters. It was early morning. They themselves did not enter the governor's headquarters so that they would not be defiled but could eat the Passover. So Pilate went outside to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered him, If this man were not doing evil, we would not have delivered him over to you. Hmm, what's the definition of evil? Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. The Jews said to him, It is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. <laughs> this was to fulfill the word that Jesus had spoken to show by what kind of death he was going to die. What is truth for these angry and hyper-triggered Jews? We've learned this before throughout our journey in John. The way, the, the truth for them is this. The way to stay in as God's children is to be ethnically Drew and keep the rituals. Sorry, sorry let me say that again. I'm tongue-tied today. Their truth is this. The way to stay in as God's children is to be ethnically Drew and keep the rituals. They didn't see being a complicit to Jesus' death was wrong because they literally took it. Literally. Hey, if someone else is doing what I want to do, I'm not wrong because I didn't commit it. See how truth is defined for them again? 
interpretation of facts and how you respond to the facts. Fact is that for them, you cannot kill someone. That's basically the law that they're going by. Yet their interpretation of that law didn't include complicity to the act of killing. Truth to them is basically missing Passover was more unclean and sinful as opposed to handing someone over to be killed because you want them dead. See how truth can be like this? It's the interpretation of the facts and how we respond to them. All right, verse 33. So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Oh, so that's what's evil. Notice that the Jews said, accused Jesus of doing evil, and they didn't explain or even expound on what that evil was. So for Pilate, a Roman uh, governor, a Roman uh, in Roman authority, evil for him is being a king of the Jews. So Jesus answered, do you say this of your own accord or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from the world. Then Pilate said to him, so you are a king. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, here's the question, what is truth? After he had said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him, but you have a custom that I should release one man for you at the Passover, so do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? It's sort of like a nudge and just a kick in the ribs type of thing. That's what Pilate really meant. They cried out again, not this man, but Barabbas. Now, Barabbas was a robber. Pilate probably heard about Jesus on social media. Well, their version back in first century. He probably heard all the testimonials of miracles and signs that Jesus performed. In another gospel, he was even curious as to who Jesus was and wanted Jesus to perform a sign in front of him. Like, it's almost like telling Jesus, hey, can you do that magic trick that you did with the 5,000 people you fed? His wife even had nightmares about Jesus and texted him saying not to lay a finger on Jesus. Well, Pilate also heard from the Jewish leaders that Jesus has done evil, recall? So what kind of evil did the Romans really dislike? Like, what kind of evil did the Romans have to get involved with? Well, it's about claiming to be king. In other words, the one evil thing that the Romans have to get involved in was when an individual wants to raise up an army and go against Caesar and dethrone Caesar, i.e. claim to be king. Jesus, however, did not claim that he was king of the Jews or any king of this world for this because he said that his kingdom is not of this world. If he was, he would have had servants fighting on his behalf, but he's all alone in front of Pilate. That's a fact. Kings usually have armies and servants who will defend their king. Jesus had none. So Pilate even had doubts whether Jesus was king. So what was Pilate's truth here? No idea. Pilate says, what is truth? I'm confused now because he does not know. Granted, he's not a Jew, so he's completely ignorant of Jesus' miracles, signs, and teachings. He doesn't have the Old Testament handy, so how does he know who Jesus was? 
only the Jews did. And so he labels Jesus on how the Jews labeled Jesus, King of the Jews, which many of the disciples and the crowds thought he was, and many of the Jewish leaders and priests detested that people thought he was. But they vehemently disagreed with the crowd because Jesus didn't fit their definition as king, their truth. All right, let's conclude. So, what is truth then, as Pilate asks? We now know that truth is how you interpret the facts and how you respond to the facts. Many times I see a lot of Christian literature, speeches, sermons, claiming that scripture, the Bible in our hands, is the truth. Yet don't you find it weird that we have so many denominations in our Christian community, i.e. different interpretations of scripture? We have commentaries, sermons abound, interpreting the scriptures, and we have Christians who behave so differently from other Christians in response to their interpretations. For example, some of them could be, oh, women preachers, we're not allowed to have women preachers. We should have women preachers. Some say no, some say yes. Who's right? We have uh, Christians who say, yes, it's okay to uh, uh, go 130 kilometers per hour on a 80 zone. Yet some Christians say, no, it's not right. Some say, you should like, um, drive electric cars because it's good for the environment. Well, some say, it's well, biblically, you are able to drive high-octane, gas-guzzling cars. Who's right? Well, both sides will always say they're right, and they have the truth. Seven-day creation is another one, right? Seven-day or multiple-day creation. Or it doesn't even matter because it's a myth. That's, there's so many viewpoints, right? Who's right? Who knows and who cares? What is truth then? Is this something that is like Peter's where it goes, vlip, 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 fluctuates? Maybe. Jesus, maybe, or maybe not. Or maybe Jesus provided us with an answer. If truth is how one interprets and responds to facts, let's see what Jesus says about truth. He told Pilate that his purpose is to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Jesus tells us that he has seen the facts of a different kingdom. Not our kingdom. God's kingdom. A kingdom that you and I have, and his audience obviously, have never ever seen. Have you seen God's kingdom? No. Only Jesus. And Jesus has interpreted the facts about God's kingdom for us and commands us to listen to his voice, i.e. obey and trust in his words, and follow his actions, i.e. his response to the interpretation of those facts. So, truth for us, Jesus says, is embodied in a living being named Jesus. He's the one who saw the facts that we cannot see. He's the one who saw the facts about God's kingdom. He interpreted those facts, responded to those facts, and have told us that his interpretation and his response is true. And so therefore, we need to have the same interpretation and same response as he has. And that's embodied in Jesus, the truth is embodied in Jesus. It's not open to interpretation, for Jesus literally lived a physical life and told us to live the same way. It's not some 
hypothetical or theoretical treatise. It's an embodied Jesus who lived out the truth about God's kingdom. It's a kingdom that you and I have not seen. He did the interpretation and he responded for us so that we have the truth in front of us. Facts, response, interpretation are all rolled into one person, namely Jesus. So truth for Christians, it's not the scriptures. It's, it's, not, it's not all the doctrines from the scriptures. And not the, it's not even our interpretations of the scriptures. Truth is embodied in a human being named Jesus. And truth is Jesus' life, the way he lives and the way he interpreted God's kingdom, the facts that were shown to him. Truth is Jesus. So here's the question for all of us. So what is truth for us then? Is Jesus truth to you? Because if Christians really firmly believe, you and I firmly believe that Jesus is the truth, is Jesus truth to you? Because truth, remember, is the interpretation and the response. So how do you interpret Jesus' life, death, and resurrection? And how are you responding to Jesus? Because it depends on how you interpret Jesus and respond to Jesus, whether you have the truth. Are you, are you and I living according to the pattern that Jesus has given us? Because if we do not, if we do not obey and trust in God, that obedience and trust in God will determine if Jesus is true to you and I. Amen.